So what do you do with a lie? I mean, what do you do? How do you handle it? How are you supposed to respond to it? What is it that we learn from it? What is it that we're going to fall for again? All part of this larger conversation around Jussie Smollett, the actor from the show Empire. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833 468 You get the podcast at Uh, And don't forget, next week, Next week, next Thursday and Friday, we will be at uh, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, there in Washington, D.C., and uh, looking forward to doing that. I appreciate our our local sponsor here, uh, Garage Doors of Indianapolis, doorstoday.com, helping us make that happen, doorstoday.com for your garage door needs. Uh, They're good people. They're very, very good people. And we'll be out there and... Uh, for those of you who live in Indianapolis, I'll be doing my morning show uh, from there. And then, of course, Tony Katz today will be out there and we'll get other interviews. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic time. I'll talk more uh, about it coming up. But what do we learn uh, from Jussie Smollett? Well, we learn that there are people who are willing to lie. Willing to lie to move their uh, their message forward. Their message, they don't care that they lied for it. They're just okay with it. Now, sometimes the message is to try and push the idea that America is this bigoted, racist place, and we've talked about this and all of the stories that are just simply uh, untrue. Uh, they claim that they were attacked because they're Muslim. They claim because they're attacked because they were black, and it turns out, no, they did it to themselves. Jesse Smollett, there's a series of stories here about did he do it because he was being written off the show? No, he did it because uh, he got sent a letter and he didn't, uh, that was uh, uh, an attack letter, but he didn't think it got enough coverage. No, he, they sent the, the the people who perpetrated the attack sent him the letter, but he was paid, the brothers were paid to perpetrate the attack. My goodness, it has gotten unbelievably confusing. What was the, what happened here? And then there's the part two of the story, which is how has it been reported? And what does it say about the state of journalism in America? When people took this story as fact, as opposed to waiting for the facts. One of the people who's been talking about this is a local Chicago reporter from Fox 32, Rafer Weigel. Uh, He was with uh, uh, Sean Hannity. He has been with uh, Laura Ingram. He has been with Shannon Bream, all there on the Fox News channel. And the story comes up this way because when I saw him tweet out that the only reason he hasn't appeared on other cable news outlets is because he hasn't been invited, I wanted to see how difficult it was to invite a man onto the show. He joins us right now, Rafer Weigel of Fox 32 there in Chicago. Um, I do want to get into where you think the state of journalism is, but I'd love to just get an update from you on where the Jussie Smollett case is is he being charged yet with a crime, and are there any facts that we actually know? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. Yes, it was that easy. I got your email about an hour and a half ago. So, <laughs> Just like that, Brian it's Stelter, just that easy. Um, but as far as the case right now, so we were, were yesterday we were at the Cook County Courthouse, and a grand jury did convene yesterday. Uh, the, the lawyer for the two brothers went into the room marked grand jury, 
the two brothers came in um, completely uh, shrouded in secrecy. They had hoods over their heads. We had staked out most of the entrances and exits of the building. We did not see them come or go. And I can tell you that that is a privilege rarely granted by prosecutors and police. The last time I remember it happening was when Oprah Winfrey went there for jury duty. So that gives you an, an insight to the extent of how they are cooperating with police and prosecutors. At the end of the day, uh, the police told me that the brothers never did testify before a grand jury. We know a grand jury was there, but they did not testify. What changed, that we do not know. Uh, so at this point, um, the lawyers are talking with police. It does not appear that Smollett is planning to go in there in person anytime soon. So at some point, the police will probably have to indict him. And, uh, and, and in terms of when that's going to happen, I, I'm, it, it could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. But I know the police and the lawyers are right now having conversations uh, to try to, uh, I guess, negotiate uh, the next step. Now, you, you, you talked about that's the local, uh, the Cook County, I should say, prosecution. There's a whole separate investigation going on that we know nothing about, and that is the federal investigation into the letter. The FBI and the U.S. Postal Service are looking into that. That has nothing to do with the Chicago Police Department. So if that comes down, I mean, they have been very tight-lipped. I've been getting a lot of insight from my sources at Chicago Police, but nothing is leaking out of the federal investigation. That's real potential trouble for because Jesse Because if, if the letter is fake, that's mail fraud, correct? Exactly. And potential terrorism charges as well. Because these were, you know, you know, this was, I mean, there was a terror, terroristic threat in that letter and, you know, doing it falsely. So, I mean, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but yes, you're looking at mail fraud, you're looking at potential terrorism, and you're looking at federal time, which is, you know, a whole different ballgame. Talking to Rafer Weigel of Fox 32 uh, in uh, Chicago, you find him uh, on Twitter. It's a pretty easy thing to do. R-A-F-E-R-W-E-I-G-E-L. So, those are those are the updates on on the case itself. Uh, the other conversation is the state of journalism. Uh, and and listen, I, I always say that I'm a commentary guy. I'm not a journalist. There's a fundamental difference between what I do on the air with my morning show in Indianapolis and middays here on on Tony Katz today, the syndicated show, versus what journalists do uh, every single day. But it has been very clear to see that there's a difference between alleged attack and Jussie Smollett attack. Jesse Smollett attack is what you saw from the Washington Post. It's what you've seen from celebrity culture and other places. Alleged attack is what Chicago journalists have been discussing. As you have watched this unfold and this back and forth that you've had with people on, on social media and then appearing as you have on, on some of the, the, the Fox News uh, shows, do you have a different thought process on where journalism is right now in America? Or do you have a, 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 a new look at it? Or is it the same as you've always had? Oh, no, it's definitely changed. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm an old school journalist. I grew up in a journalism household, my mother and my father. And the first rule that I was taught is if your mother says she loves you, check it out. You don't go with something, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that's rule one. Our station, Fox 32 in Chicago, we were very careful never to say, we didn't even say, we, we did say alleged attack, but we also said Jesse Smollett said he was attacked because that's factually accurate. We don't know if he was attacked. We were not there. Uh, and I, I, I am a little disappointed that a lot of media outlets went with Jesse Smollett was attacked because, in my opinion, that is journalism 101. I mean, I'm not trying to be on a, you know, a soapbox here about this, and I'm generally a defender of my industry, and we're always under, under siege and under attack. But when something like this happens, 
you know, that certainly gives fuel to that argument that, you know, it was, uh, you know, my, my goal for investigating the story was not politically based, partisan based. It was, you know, simply just to get to the facts. And from the very beginning, when we heard about this and I talked to my sources at Chicago police, they were skeptical, but it's their job to be skeptical. It's our job as journalists to be skeptical. You cannot take anything, you know, especially covering Chicago, where you never know if anybody's telling you the truth. So, All right, true. True. And I, and I, you live in the I, land of daily. You're going to check, double check, and, and, and recheck. Have you gotten pushback, Rafer? Have oh, you yeah. gotten people saying to you, hey, you shouldn't be so vocal about this? Hey, you shouldn't be so hard on other people in your, in your business? Because it's true. You try not to tear down your own industry. Have you gotten anybody pushing back or anybody uh, being supportive, uh, trying to be wind in your sails? I think mostly people have, have been supportive. I mean, if you're talking about for my industry, uh, no, I mean, because it's, it's true. And I'm not trying to, I'm not blasting anybody in particular. I, I just, you know, that's, that's just a basic rule of journalism. And I'm, I'm surprised that out, outputs like, or outlets, I should say, you know, just went with it as gospel without, you know, without couching it to some degree. So, no, I didn't get any pushback from anybody in the industry, and I'm certainly not trying to call anybody out. I just hope people learn from this a little bit because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I believe in the integrity of my profession. Uh, I did get a lot of pushback initially from a lot of people on the left, uh, and I'm used to getting pushback from people on the right, too, so it was nothing I took personally. But when my reporting was, you know, coming up with some with some facts, at least by what police were telling me was contradicting a narrative that a certain people want, I did get some personal attacks. And I just quietly, you know, politely would ask, you know, OK, well, if you have more information, you know, please share it with me because I'm just trying to get to the truth. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of pushback, no, I think uh, I just hope that, you know, going forward, there's there's more responsibility because from the very beginning, this did not make sense. You know, if you know the city of Chicago and you know the area of Streeterville, you know, two guys, red hats, bleach, a noose, and nobody saw anything. Nobody intervened. Nobody took cell phone video. Uh, there were no there were no witnesses. I mean, that early on was a red flag for police. And it was a red flag for not just me, but my other colleagues here. In Chicago, the Sun Times called it an alleged attack. My other uh, media colleagues were going, "This does not smell right." So it, that's just the approach that we've been taking, and uh, you know, it's it's a, it appears at this point that skepticism was uh, was accurate, but we'll see. Rafer Weigel uh, from Fox Thirty Two on the Twitter box, Rafer R A F E R W E I. Uh, G-E-L. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as more comes out, uh, we hope to have you back uh, to discuss it. Anytime you want. I really appreciate the plug, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely, sir. See? It, it took an email. By the way, CNN, just so you're aware, it was, a, it was an email from a millennial. It was from producer Ari. That's Producer Ari made it happen. And uh, and it seems that uh, uh, Mr. Weigel there, he's not, you know, he's not playing favorites. He'll, he, he's happy to have a conversation. Good on him. Appreciate that very much. I'm Tony Katz.